All right, welcome back everyone to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. And actually, sitting across from me for the first time ever, history has been made today, the Blue Brothers Sportscast is actually recording in one location. So Craig is sitting across from me. How about that? We've actually... We, we've actually combined peanut butter and jelly. Yes. I mean... <laughs> you're not on one aisle and i'm on the other aisle we're finally <laughs> meshed together and yeah. everything together here for the first time because that's actually when we uh when i finally showed up uh we were talking it's probably been actually a year more since About we've that. even seen each other nope. um so this is the first opportunity first time that we've gotten together to record uh one place at one time um if you didn't realize that before and so yeah now, now the fun part, the fun part that I see about this is if Craig says anything stupid, I'm close enough to where I can hit him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting it violent here. Yeah. We're, we're not even arm's length away. We're like, like a half an arm away. So yeah, we're, it's almost kind of like it's close quarters because we're fighting for elbow room here. And he thought, and I thought, you know, just to let everybody know, the fans know, I kind of thought Caleb was ugly before. He's even uglier in person. So just so that you know that. Sorry, man, but Thanks. I. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, definitely. Uh, well, since man, since last time we've seen. Oh no! Well, no, I would have had, I would have had two kids by the last time we saw each other. I was gonna say life is just go just goes downhill for you when you have two kids, but. Yeah, and we're gonna you know hopefully do this more often and get uh, some of the other people together and and record like this because we think this is a great forum where we actually can see each other in person skype's not bad we love it but um in person is always a good thing to do so. yeah it's a it's a little bit easier to go kind of back and forth when you do that so yeah but yeah interesting time for things um we'll kind of discuss at the end of the episode so uh stay with us until the end we'll talk about some of the things going on some things we're going to be doing uh, kind of when we get into the talk here, um, well, actually, we'll we'll do a little bit of an announcement now. Um, as we've talked about a lot, you all should be hopefully aware of the Blue Network, which is a group that we work with. It's uh, different podcasts or different um, Michigan shows. But the Blue Network is a group of just some of us that we've connected with. It's a network of people that we do stuff for. Michigan sports, primarily Michigan football right now, um, and we're trying to be a credible source. Um, but something new that we've done, we've got a couple different shows going on. We've got the Eagle Eye Radio, if you don't know about that. Um, but our newest thing is we have a Facebook group that you can come be a part of. We'll talk about Michigan football. Lots of different people are in there. Uh, players are in there and things like that. They're, I mean, they're kind of watching it. I wouldn't necessarily say they're communicating a whole lot but yeah it's it's really interesting and it just got started just got taken off so already uh accomplishing good things with that so if you want to check that out i don't uh you can find the link right now on either of our pages at blue bros underscore um caleb or at blue bros underscore craig because we've been putting that out there so you should easily be able to find a tweet about that yeah i mean we've got um Good group of guys. I mean, it started with you and I and Rashawn Reeves, and then we uh, added Trayvon into the mix. Uh, us four started this Blue Network, which is a great group of uh, honest people. Obviously, we're not going to bring anybody on, but it's obviously built on integrity and um, getting players 
um, on there that want to talk and then we try to keep things on the up and up and with them and keep uh, just a just a great sh uh, network of people uh, podcasts writers bloggers even artists it doesn't matter um, we want to keep adding and growing that way and getting more members um, like Caleb said to get uh, to know it's a trusted place that for them to come and talk about Michigan football and being okay with it so yeah, yeah. And uh, we have gotten a lot of great stuff so far because yep. we have a lot of fans on there already. But then we've got people just sharing stuff. I mean, people are giving stories. People are sharing pictures. People are sharing. Um, they've gone to satellite camps. People have pictures of memorabilia that they have. I mean, it's just really interesting to see so far. Um, it's just a hodgepodge of everything right now. But it will be entertaining so if you're interested in joining i mean it is a closed group but just like request i mean yep uh and then you you'll be getting in and as long as you don't cause too much trouble there won't be an issue with anything <laughs> no i'm thinking about putting uh, obviously a link and maybe and caleb probably will and rashawn on our uh, on the blue network or my twitter page a link to the facebook um page where we can you can send a join request which would be great we'll, we'll add you um obviously we have little bit of someone asked uh the other day a couple days ago what the rules are it's just basically a place where we want to be positive we want we have we actually have ufm players on there that are members um so we got great players on there so we want to make sure that we keep them respectful positive uplifting we want to make sure that that uh you know they're going into um playing other teams and then we're we got their back and we're fans and you know we want to be negative we want to have our thoughts and our opinions on certain things but we want to keep it positive so yeah yeah the face the facebook area is definitely going to be something more where it'll be monitored and everything like that um but you still will be able to connect with us in the other ways that we've always had we've got twitter where you can talk to us we've got our email um, which is the contact us at bluebrotherssportscast.com. And then, of course, you can leave us a voicemail. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing already. It's um, just getting that link out there for Facebook, and it's just, a, like Caleb says, a closed group. But, man, it is taking off because I think Michigan fans, uh, no offense to Twitter at times because you can't really tell at times who the – posers are or the people that are thinking they're insiders when they're not and who the good guys are from the bad ones on twitter and this is actually i don't want to say policed but it's actually a place where we monitor and just make sure that everybody is on the up and up and then withhold or kind of know that that's where the place where we're coming from and if they can't you know sometimes we're gonna might have to talk about it and stuff but uh, we want everybody there i mean i think that's what everybody wants to have a, a place of integrity so okay. yep so uh yeah go ahead and check that out if you have trouble finding the link let us know and we'll direct it to you but it should be pretty easy to find so with that being said we'll actually go ahead and transition here into uh the topics this week we've got a lot of fan questions and we'll get on top of those right away right after this comes up Well, Craig, something that I never really thought that we'd go into depth and talk about on the show, uh, it's a, I don't know if you want to call it a fad or uh, just kind of the hot thing in, 
TV and movies recently, but how do you feel about zombies? First of all, zombies are in, right? They're trending. Yes, people that's love a good it. way to put it, trending. <laughs> They're trending. People love it. They got you got movies, you've got uh, TV, you got they're all over the place. So zombies are in. Yeah, and so. apparently zombies have made it into college football. You had and, you I had to figure how. it was gonna happen. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Yeah, and actually when I when I saw first of all, when I saw the topic, uh, there was a recruit that did their commitment video. Um, it was an awesome video. Kyle Leon Herbert, which is uh, Michigan's most recent commit made his commitment video awesome pickup really excited that he's on board but uh he did a commitment video that was walking dead theme and honestly yeah. when i saw that i was just like i was kind of scratching my head i was like i don't know how he's gonna do this i don't know how you're gonna pull this off but he he, he pulled it off awesome i mean i thought that was one of the best if, if he even if he wasn't committing to michigan i w- would have said that that was really awesome yeah, I was the same thing. I kind of watched it, and I was saying, how's, how's this going to work, you know? And can the acting get, be any good? <laughs> so we got football players playing. So um was able to watch it and watched them um, from the very beginning. was like going suspect at first, going, oh, okay, how's this going to work? And as it went along, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And... U of M fans, you got to get out there. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's very well done. Um, I love the fact that um, the zombies, every one of the zombies were the, the colleges of his choice or the ones that he thought about committing to and and him just literally laying them out. Yeah. Well, well, he made, um, he took uh, deliberate targets, yeah. uh, which was awesome too because he just made it more personal for the Michigan fan base because if you watch it, um, there are specific scenes in his video where he takes out a Rutgers zombie and an Ohio zombie. Yeah. So, I mean, like he, he did an awesome, it was, it was great. It was very entertaining, definitely very, uh, personal to the Michigan fan base. And, uh, he did a good job. And I mean, apparently like he's really into it. He did a great job acting. I give him kudos for that. That was, that was really awesome. So, yeah, I noticed that, uh, there's a couple of ones where he really made sure that they were on screen. So, um, I think it was Penn State and Ohio State were kind of there, and you know, and that was very cool. <laughs> I think I don't know if sure who was at the bottom or at the end, but I think it was uh, Ohio State, and then you kind of knew. And I love how he ripped his shirt, yeah, to that, show that he is. Well, that was yeah, that was the thing where I was kind of like, okay, I kind of understand what he's doing, but it's just like yeah. how how are you going to say who are you committing to? Uh, that that right. was the part that I wasn't entirely sure, but then, yeah, he, he had the shirt on underneath and he did that. And it was, it was a great reveal. Um, I mean, I heard good, th- I had heard good things before that yeah. um, we were pretty high on his list. So uh, that was awesome to see, but uh, you've got, uh, if you want to mention Craig before we move on to anything else, just a little bit more information about him. Yeah. Great. I mean, excellent um, offensive tackle. Uh, he is um his position ranked as 22 out of the offensive. Uh, he is in the top 200, which is great. Um, four star. Uh, he is uh, 6'5", 285, 85, and 17 years old. Can you believe that? 17 yeah, years old. I can't He's imagine. It's just ridiculous. I keep saying class of 17. Really, he is a class of 17 because he is 17 years old. He is a great, great get for Michigan. We're excited to have him. Um, we're going to need him because he, he's followed by, I think we have 
uh, two to three other offensive tackles or offensive linemen, which is great. So that's he's. You can tell that uh, Jim Harbaugh is beefing up his offensive line a lot. So um, and and another exciting. guy, yeah, yeah, another guy from Florida. Yep. So we did. Yep. And so yeah, we're building off that, and so pretty exciting to have him. And you know what? Um, what's interesting is watching uh, college football and recruiting going almost Hollywood, almost like you're seeing. More and more, I think I was able to watch uh, one of the receivers that decided to go to Clemson, decided to do his in fireworks, which yeah. was pretty interesting. I, I didn't see. That. I heard about that one. I didn't yeah. see that one yet. So you're starting to see more and more very creative. Uh, you know, uh, you know, are they getting like producers and directors for that uh, stuff? I don't know because it's amazing. I think Bleacher Report maybe helped uh, yeah. Kylie on with the video. I'm not sure. I mean, that's where it was. At least where I first saw it was Bleacher Report. But, yeah, I mean, that'd be a fun project to work with somebody That may be an interesting question, you know, to use, you know, to maybe we could kind of pose later on. is like, hey, do you like what the recruits are doing as far as doing these, you know, really Hollywood-looking videos on their commitments? Or is it just part of our everyday um, where we're living in and you know uh, media and twitter and you can actually upload something right away and watch it because obviously back in the 80s and 90s you couldn't do that but um i enjoy them i'm always one that's like you know you do a really good video but then if you're not a very good player yeah yeah. (laughs) so well what was it uh the notre dame guy did one was it holmes yeah uh he did one did you see that one Mm -hmm. yeah so that was kind of interesting a little different um Light uh, Kian, uh, Kylie on's better, but uh, then also, I didn't see the one with FSU. The guy, yeah. the kid had a Lamborghini, which if he's, <laughs> if he's just borrowing it, I understand that's cool. <laughs> but if somehow he has a Lamborghini, that might come across a little sketchy. Yeah, yeah I saw that and I went, All right, now whose Lamborghini is that? And where's the NCA in all this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I'm quite certain that he borrowed it, but yeah. we'll. We'll see what uh, what the story is behind that. So, but I haven't seen too many other videos. I mean, we've seen a lot in the past year of the standard, you know, pick a hat or wear a shirt or something like that, yeah. which is always good and everything. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see where it's going. So yeah, but it's moving some in a different direction, it really is. And obviously, we're seeing some really cool stuff being done. So it's and more every year. It's just going to get more creative. So, but yeah, well done. Yeah, well, uh, well done. Yes, round of applause for uh, Kai Leon on his uh, video. So awesome for that, and welcome to the Michigan family. Mm-hmm. So moving onward in our list of, uh, we got a lot of uh, fan questions this week because actually, thanks to our Facebook page, we've got a slew of questions from quite a few people. Um, we'll kind of try to put this in order that we can kind of continue a conversation from one question to the next. But uh, starting off with a Twitter question, though, at Drew Hostfire72, uh, regular on uh, listener, asks us, what would you say was our weakest area last year? He specifically was wondering if it was the linebackers group. Uh, we kind of both agree with him. Craig's, Craig started off the conversation, um, but really it kind of came down to when we were at our weakest in the season, which was the last few regular season games. So. Yeah. 
yeah, you saw that that second level tackling that wasn't happening. Um, you saw Indiana, which actually uh, Drew brought up specifically. You saw things fall apart in Indiana. You saw Ohio State obviously just roll right over us. Um, so I mean, we we had some other issues throughout the year. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say our running game was the strongest, but uh, that had its issues as well. But as far as if you had to put like a label on something that was the weakest it'd be the second level tackling. So, I mean, that includes the linebacker group. So, but I mean, first year under Harbaugh, he was able to pull some of the people in uh, that he wanted. I mean, he got some transfers going like that and everything, but you know, that's, uh, it was really like, I like saying it was a Frankenstein team. Yeah. Get together what you could and do the best with it. And they did a really good job. So I'm sure that we're going to be seeing improvement uh, with that coming up. Yeah, it was uh, interesting that uh, that the at the end of the season the lineback uh, was um, suspect. It got worse in a way, um, like you said, the second level tackling. Because once they get through the first level, um, you need that second level just to close in right away that hole. And obviously, we, they got gashed. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times some of our even our seniors that were at that position were missing arm tackles. I mean, they were trying to tackle with one arm, and just that ain't going to do it. I mean, you're not going to be able to tackle Ezekiel Elliott that way um, with with arm tackles. And so watching that happen was kind of tough to watch because you knew, everybody, I think everybody was on the same page during that time saying, wow, our linebackers, <laughs> linebackers at or were very suspect and man they weren't they they were not looking good and they were you know it was worthy of it i mean to be criticized for it because they didn't look good and they were a couple more seniors and it was disappointing and i think almost to a point that it felt like they didn't try at times but um i think what's happening is jim harbaugh is going to start shoring that up getting the people that he wants the ones that are really i mean we're talking we're still talking about their hope players so you know we're he's going to get the guys that he knows that can shoot that gap and hit tackles and stop them right away so I, you're talking about the indiana game that was terrible yeah yeah i it mean was. there's no way that should happen he's a good running back but come on yeah well then also to kind of mention because you just brought up the fact that they were hope players some definitely not to um, forget is that players talked about, and we actually, I think, kind of lost some players uh, to transfer because of it and everything. Yeah. But when Harbaugh came in, he really changed the way things were done a lot. Like he didn't let them, I mean, he made things tougher. He made things a competition. He didn't make it easy for them. He basically made it a boot camp kind of thing. I mean, every, everybody was working harder. And so this was just one year that these players were doing this. So they probably got, some of them probably got gassed by the end of the season because mm -hmm. they weren't used to it. So um, that is now the standard. And anyone who's been there on the team for long enough has been there for a year and under and knows what's happening. And then any new player coming in yeah. is going to be in that system. So that that may, I don't know, may have contributed. I'm not like making excuses. I'm just bringing up things that we, uh, that, should definitely be thought of. And well, it might be an interesting question to kind of throw at you, Caleb, is the very fact is with that happening, did you think that maybe because, you know, obviously we had a big issue last year and obviously throughout the whole college football season, other colleges was um, the whole targeting. So if a lot, I know a lot of uh, players were t getting called for targeting. So 
and and some I think it was uh, one of our linebackers got called for targeting. So and obviously it's a big that's a big penalty. Um, I think what James Ross was, and so he, uh, you know, what are your feelings on that? Once you get a lot of calls with that, do you find that the players don't try as hard, or you know what I mean? They get to a point where they start relaxing a little bit, like going, I don't want to call, so I'm just going to kind of not play full on. Uh, I think that's the case when it happens a lot because I think we only got called one. Did we only get a uh, targeting called, called, called once? Times, we so. we got. I know that we got called one other time, right. and it was taken back. Right. So yeah. I don't know if we it actually went through more than that one time, which was the state game. I think wasn't it? Yeah, and that's where I'm thinking. Where to me, it sounds to me that it might have a little bit of factor in it because if you think about it, Jim Harbaugh and all the rest of the Michigan fans. Obviously, we everybody was saying, you know, what is targeting? Then we don't even know how it's defined because it's getting called here when it actually is, and then it's getting called here when it's not. So, and then to me, if I was a player, I would go, I'm not sure what the rule is, and if Jim Harbaugh doesn't know what the rule is, how are they going to know? Yeah, and it might be a big factor in that. So we'll have to see how this year plays out. I've, I would say it's very sensitive. Uh, very sensitive thing to talk about or even bring up, but man, we're in high alert this year. Yeah, well, I think it's more of an issue when you see it being called more. Because, right. I mean, it was called a couple times, which is, uh, I mean, you definitely don't want to see, but if it was a continual problem, then I think players mm -hmm. would get more um, reserved about how they're tackling right. and how they're doing things. But then again, too, one of the times, or maybe the only one time that was actually called, was a really crappy call, unfortunate call, because it was not our our fault. I mean, that was that time when the Michigan State game where our player got pushed down into the ground on top of the quarterback. Yeah. And they called the targeting. And it, I don't really see how it wasn't obvious that that wasn't the situation. But anyways, so if it, if it becomes a more continuous issue or a continual issue, then I see players maybe second-guessing on how they're doing things. But right. we'll, we'll definitely have to see the, how that goes this year. So, But um, continuing the conversation, uh, we were talking about last season, now moving into this season. We got a question from the Facebook group. Uh, Joe Carr was asking, do you think the whole season will come down to quarterback play and linebacker play? Yeah, I mean, great question. I actually do think it's going to come down to it. Um, the biggest hole that we had, we did talk about the linebacker core during this season was uh, not very good. It was terrible, and so... Um, we needed to get that going. Uh, I think the very fact is that you're going to see Peppers at that position moving around. I think he's going to be well in the middle linebacker area. Maybe move it. they're going to move him around, or they're, they're going to put him everywhere. So that will be great. And he's going to shoot in there quickly because I think he's not only got the best feet and uh, instincts, you know, he's just an overall great player. But, yeah, I mean, but when it comes to quarterback play, you're, you're – it's always about the quarterback play. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, either it's a corn or a spate. I don't know. But I just know that, look at Rudock. It, it, well, think about it. We lost to Utah by seven points, correct? So the very fact is, how did we lose that game? Was it by the way we played? I don't think so. I just thought that 
when you throw three in interceptions, I think he threw during that game, we're going to lose it. You're going to lose. Yeah, so, most likely, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to come back to quarterback play and and the linebackers. But, I mean, what's your... Uh, well, the only thing I'll add to that is what kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the quarterback play, and then we're talking about the running backs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Because if the running backs do their job, then the quarterback can do their his yep. job because he'll have time because we'll have a, a threat in our running game, which we thought that we were going to have to lean very heavily on our running game last year, which at certain points that we did. But then by not even halfway through the year, I would say, we were primarily a passing team. We mm-hmm. have more success passing, yeah. so that's something else too that we're that it will come down to. I think uh, the defense will definitely be better. I, I think everything will be noticeably better, but it it as football being a team sport is going to come down to many things, and so to just say that be the quarterback, I would think would be a little bit of an injustice because if the running back group isn't doing what they're supposed to. He's uh, the quarterback, whoever it is at the time, is going to be limited on what he's able to do. But yeah, and you're right. I mean, the very fact is, obviously, uh, Devion Smith was running very well in the beginning. And then what, you thought it what, tapered off in the middle of the season where we were just kind of shuffling running backs, you know. And we, we had Drake Johnson in there, and we had um, um, a few others, and we just couldn't get that running game going or, or we just couldn't see the holes they weren't yeah. blocking um we always had good pass blocking yeah that was oh, like yeah, without question but, but yeah, i mean it was awesome run blocking maybe could have been better but i i don't know i mean i would have to spend a lot more time watching film to be mm-hmm. able to uh give a sense of if i feel like it was more of a running back issue than a line issue because they did do such a good job with the pass blocking but yeah and you know i'm never uh fan i i I don't mind watching a a quarterback get those extra yards when he can it's open and then he goes down that's great uh there's a lot of times i thought rudock was at a where he knew that the running game just wasn't wasn't moving and then he would try to get those five yards himself and i'm like oh boy (laughs) and that's why there's a couple hits that i thought he should have been knocked out on but i agree caleb i think running back and then Ty Isaac getting in the doghouse with Jim Harbaugh didn't really help at all because he kind of gives you a little different run look than Davion and Drake Johnson does. So um, that right there is is key too. Like you were saying, running when you get the running game going, then it opens up the passing, and I think that's those three aspects: linebacker, quarterback, and running back play is key. Yeah. So. Yes, yeah, uh, specifically for this year, too, for yep. sure. And continuing to talk about this year, um, Joe also asked uh, on Facebook, if we think that Michigan has a shot at beating Michigan State and Ohio State on the road. So this was addressed a little bit before. I mean, we've already done our preview or early predictions for 2016 episode. Yeah, We both feel good. Well, actually, I guess, I, I guess I'll kind of give my my input so that Craig can share his own personal thoughts. But Michigan State seems to be the one that we've that I feel more comfortable about. I mean, yeah. the way that we lost last year, we were so close. They've lost some key people, especially their quarterback and everything. Um, it feels like this is going to be an even better year for Michigan and that there's a chance that Michigan State is going to take a step back 
with mm-hmm. uh, all the filling in the holes that they have to do. And I think that the team and Jim Harbaugh just want to uh, make things even for what happened last year. So I feel really good about that one. And then Ohio even though it's on the road, they have a lot of holes. Uh, a lot of people that left uh, graduated and or went to the NFL. So there's potential there. It's been a very long time. I think it was just even in our last episode that we mentioned. Yeah, it was. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a very long time since we've been both of them. It's not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is... Can we beat both of them? Of course. I mean, I do believe that. Is it, like you were saying, is it much tougher to beat them? You know, especially how at the horseshoe. Yeah, it is. It's very tough to beat them. Um, Ohio, like you said, have a lot of players that went to the NFL. They do have their um, quarterback back. And he's a running quarterback, so that is... We have a history of Michigan and... Um, having a tough time stopping really good uh, running quarterbacks. And I'm not talking about your typical Oregon uh, running quarterbacks, kind of thin, fast, very fast, have speed. I'm talking about bigger, thick, strong quarterbacks like Barrett is, and and that's what he is. So, you know, when he sees a hole, he's going to run through there. And so you're going to need somebody to spy him. But, um, yeah, those games are winnable, but like I've, I've probably said this quite maybe too many times that the Michigan State game, we have to win that. Yeah. I mean, that is a must to win that game. We have to win that game. I don't think it's a must win to beat Ohio State, but the Michigan State, yeah. I mean, we can beat both those teams easily on the road. I mean, this would be the year to do it. It, it would just see, I would watch the year, how it plays out. I'd watch these four games, see how this team's gelling. I would see how the quarterback play, like you were saying, Caleb, is where this this quarterback play is going what, four games, five games into the season. Yeah, we've got three, yeah. uh, you could almost call them, like we've said, almost preseason games. Yeah where they might be a little bit easier opponents before we start getting into like Penn State, Wisconsin and things like that. So that those games could become key. But yeah, um it's definitely possible uh to continue with the thought of uh the ideas of the Michigan State Ohio games this year on Facebook. Joshua asked if it's safe to say that after we beat Sparty is it going to come down to the game for the final playoff spot. So Continuing a couple uh, things that we talked about with our um, early 2016 uh, prediction episode, one of the key opponents for Ohio State is Oklahoma. And both Craig and I were feeling pretty good, or pretty good, uh, had strong feelings that Ohio State, with that being a road game, would lose to Oklahoma. So on their end of things, if... Ohio State just loses that game, or maybe, yeah, if they just lose that game, it could easily come down to the game to decide a final playoff spot. If they lose another game outside of that, that obviously is going to start making things more difficult for them even getting in. So it depends on who they lose to, if they lose to someone else, and how they lose. But on our end of things, if we go in with one loss depending on who it's against or undefeated, it very easily could come down to the Michigan-Ohio game for a final playoff spot. But then, of course, 
you also have to deal with the Big Ten championship game. That, you can't, <laughs> yep. can't forget about that. Yeah, so. you still have to go, and then you'd have to pick on that side of um, who you're going to play, you know, if it's Iowa again this year that you would be playing them. So, yeah, you can't discount that. Um, but you're right. I think what it comes with is, is break this down. You have to think about it like this, is right now, the polls kind of matter. I mean, unfortunately, I don't like them. I don't like them when they do them early. But if you say Ohio's is at what? Where do they have them ranked? What six to seven? Yeah, area, they're they're, right? uh, they're in like the top seven. Okay, in most. If of they're the in the top seven. They're not going to move up very far if they if they beat Oklahoma, they will jump so far up to win because I think Oklahoma's at two or three somewhere around there. And they get all a lot of their players back, especially their quarterback. So, let's just say Ohio loses to Oklahoma, they will drop probably out of the top ten. Um, and then, if you think about it, is and then you got to kind of take into account uh, the Michigan or the Big Ten Conference champ um, schedule for them. If they went out on those games. Will they jump? Not very far until they get to probably, what, Michigan State? If they beat them. And Michigan State's still ranked in the top 15, and they beat them. So, yeah, they'll move up. I think what it happens is it has to do with Michigan more than it does Ohio State. Ohio State has to beat Oklahoma. They have to beat them, I think, in order to get that playoff spot. But unless everybody starts, what, losing, <laughs> then, you know, Ohio State could jump up. But, um, like you said... I think it has to do with the rankings. I mean, yeah. It really has to do with where Ohio is ranked first. If yeah. we beat Ohio State, yeah. If we beat well, you was even saying if if we beat Michigan State, he yeah. was mentioning the question too. So if yeah. we beat Michigan State and Ohio State, um, and only have sure. one loss, yeah, that's that's gonna be big. But to also mention some stuff about Ohio State schedule, um, yeah, they have the game at Oklahoma, like we mentioned, that was the road game and. An interesting thing, probably only other real tough thing to to mention. I mean, we're like we were saying, we're anticipating that Michigan State it is going to be a road game for them, but is not going to be the same level of competition as it was before. They surprisingly beat Ohio State last year, so probably Ohio State is going to come back with a vengeance. Yep. Um, but the two games to highlight is they play at Wisconsin and at Penn State back to back weeks both night games okay so that's yeah. probably going to be the area that is going to be a concern for them before they get to the mission game because both those places are difficult to win making a night game makes it even more difficult so i would say there's a chance that they come into michigan ohio game with two losses um with those two being ones to be concerned about but yeah, and i think the man ohio just somehow got all the the cards on their side because you think about it, you got Wisconsin, they go to Wisconsin and Penn State. Yeah, great teams, great um, fan base there at home. But um, I think they're breaking in uh, two new quarterbacks this time this year. So or somebody, I think Wisconsin's got one that they you know he's I don't know if he's a junior or senior, but he. I think they have two new quarterbacks that are starting. They haven't played all year, so that helps Ohio State there. But I would assume that if we beat Michigan State and Ohio State, that we will 
get that final playoff spot, but that would all depend on the other conferences and how they play. Yeah. See, this is where I start getting all like my brain hurts. <laughs> it starts oh, yeah. hurting because you get like TCU and Baylor again in the, all this, and it's just a mess because they don't have a championship game, and it drives me bonkers that they don't because do you what does Michigan leapfrog them? And then you're gonna have outrage because they're what Big Ten isn't as good as. Well, yeah, Their but they, so. they had Oklahoma get in last year, so right. it's every, right, every conference has gone in. Yeah. 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 Every, every conference has gone in. It's been uh, Big 12 didn't get in the first year, and then this year, who didn't get in? It was Pac-12. Oh, Pac-12, yep. Yep. Yeah. So yep. yeah. So I mean, there's a decent chance that the Big could 12 the big, could be Yeah, in exactly. Could the Big 10 get into the playoff? No. There's a chance where they won't. Yeah. Will they? Yeah, I, there's a pretty good chance they will, of course. But they want them in there because the fan base travels well. Michigan and Ohio really travel well. Um, but yeah, wow. but but to kind of wrap up the question, there is a very good chance that there will be big implications on the playoff spot for any Big Ten team coming down to yeah. the game between Michigan and Ohio. Of course, like we were just mentioning, there's a lot of factors, and the Big Ten title game is right after that, but a lot of it could lead through the game at Columbus, Ohio. So, Yeah, and I was Michigan State does not have Oregon on their schedule this year, correct? Yeah, no, they have, uh, they have Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. And I already said that I had Michigan State losing to Notre Dame because Notre Dame's got their quarterback back, and they got a really, really good team. So, um, And Notre Dame's ranked really high, so... Uh, having Michigan State losing there, so I'm not exactly sure state's a factor for them making the playoffs at all, but it does matter to us to beat them, and it does matter to Ohio State to beat them. So, oh, yeah. But, um, With how both of us wound up losing to them last year, for sure. Yep. So, so there keep, you go. Keeping an eye on that. The uh, topic to kind of round out uh, the back end of the episode, uh, recent information coming out about Notre Dame. If you haven't heard about it, uh, there were rumors there for a couple days, and then it came out and was officially announced that in 2018, Michigan and Notre Dame will be getting back on the field together to be playing some series. Mm -hmm. Good news, bad news with this. The good news is we get Notre Dame back. The bad news is we're losing an SEC opponent, Arkansas. But even more bad news on top of that is in 2018, the way that pans out right now, we'll be playing first uh, the season opener away at Notre Dame. That's what that would be. Yep, South Bend, wow. And then we would play against Michigan State at Michigan State later in the season. And to end the season, we would play Ohio at Ohio State. So that's... That even uh, Ward Manuel, the athletic director for Michigan, Michigan yep. uh, even came out and said that that is not the ideal situation. Uh, actually, I'm going to kind of skip into some questions here. Uh, Joe Carr, also back on Facebook, asked, uh, well, he mentioned that he loved having Notre Dame back on the schedule, but having three road games against rivals, uh, he was asking if we think that might change. I think it's possible, but I think... It might be unlikely, and I necessarily that won't be a bad thing. And the thing is, is obviously uh, Brian Kelly's a fantastic coach, so you know he's really passionate. Um, he's done a great job there, 
getting them back up to being relevant, um, especially the last couple of years. He's been recruiting very well. Um, and is it, well, then you just, what you got to look at is this. Look, if you want Michigan wants the cupcake teams, then fine, you can, but then we're just going to get ridiculed. Or do you want them battle-tested? Because that's the thing is you want to go through Michigan State, Ohio State, and then Notre Dame. And then that's what you're going to get. So, and then it's not any different than it was in the past. Are we going to lose some? Maybe. Are we going to win some? Of course. Yeah. So, and I think it's great. I think it's a good rivalry to bring back, but it's a tough one. Yeah. Well, it, I wasn't the biggest fan of us having to play Ohio and Michigan State on the road in the same year like we're going to have to this year. Yeah. 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 It should be offset, but it is what it is. Um, I mean, like Craig was just saying, we already have to deal with the idea of strength of schedule and the issues with that. So we should be willing to look at it from the standpoint of being battle-tested, being able to prove our worth for being considered to be a playoff team. Um, And so Notre Dame definitely adds to the strength of schedule. Uh, Even if they're not having the best year, even a not top-ranked Notre Dame team is better than some of the other teams we could play. Now, Arkansas, the thing that I'll go back to is it's unfortunate that we're losing Arkansas. I was looking forward to that. I think it was actually really even nice that mm-hmm. people were kind of thinking of with the whole, you know, Brett Bielema there and a former Big Ten coach playing against a Big Ten team and an opportunity to play an SEC team, even though it wasn't um, the highest-ranked one. But, uh, but yeah, that was unfortunate. And kind of actually... To continue with this idea, I do want to make sure that we include this. Uh, we got this voicemail from Drew Hostfire72, again, uh, contacted us, but this time he actually left a voicemail for this, so here's his voicemail. This is Drew Blue. First, I want to say, go Blue. Love this podcast and the Facebook page. It's amazing. I totally feel at home. Secondly, about Notre Dame and Michigan. This is a rivalry that needs to be taken seriously and have every year. It makes college football better. But on the same side, missing out on an SEC team, even though it is Arkansas, who would be one of the weaker teams in the conference, my concern is, does it strengthen our schedule with Notre Dame? Or does it make our schedule weaker because it's not an SEC team? Is there any way that Michigan will try to sign a home-and-home with another SEC team? Georgia, maybe, would be a great game with what's going on with the satellite camps. Just curious about what your comments are. And thank you. And as always, go Blue. Thanks, Drew, for that voicemail. We always enjoy the voicemails. It's a great way to get the fans' voices directly onto the show. We already covered a little bit of that. Sorry, I should have probably maybe mentioned that in there a little bit earlier. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, we did say it does strengthen our schedule. I don't think in any way it could really make things weaker. Um, honestly, I think Notre Dame is more notable than Arkansas. Yep. But on the side of speaking about Arkansas, I mean, it is a little disappointing. It was going to be nice to be able to play, I mean, since it was, like we said, former Big Ten coach. But also just being an SEC team, since the SEC always talks about things between the SEC and Big Ten, um, Michigan has not really been able to do a lot. 
uh, with regular season games against the SEC, except for when we did the game against Alabama back in 2012, which, of course, that I still have my issues with because Alabama always seems to schedule its one tough out-of-conference opponent at neutral site location and never goes on the road and always seems to be an yeah. easier, convenient location for them than the team they're playing. It's <laughs> a very good point. <laughs> but uh, but that's that's more of a conversation for someone else. But, yeah, I mean, uh, to continue with that thought. Um, I, well, I, you know, just listening to what he had to say, and, and I agree, actually getting Notre Dame back on the ticket is better for us as far as getting somebody like Arkansas. I mean, just just over the past month and or the past couple of weeks from Twitter, if you actually sometimes get some of those SEC Twitter trolls on there, but then just listening to them and and what happens with Twitter, if, I don't know if you know, people know that, you know, sometimes you get uh, people that are, you know, they're part of your Twitter account, you know, account. You've got them, your followers, and you're following them. And then they, you see something that's been passed on, passed on, passed on, and then it gets on your feed. Um, then I saw one that was obviously about a guy talking about, he's an SEC fan. I think he was either a Bama fan or something. But talking about Michigan and how they had a cupcake schedule, and then the very fact is they brought up Arkansas. And they said, well, what kind of SEC team does Michigan have? Because of the very fact that they're playing Arkansas, and they considered Arkansas a cupcake team. So, <laughs> what's that tell you? It's you're, the only Bama fans that you can call them uh, the Razorbacks uh, cupcake team. They're not, they're not relevant. And I'm like, okay, well, we're now got Notre Dame, so there you go. And now Notre Dame's relevant. Now to know if Notre Dame at the time in 2018 if they are relevant, I don't know. But it sounds to me, as long as they have um, Brian Kelly there, they will be. Yeah. And and I think it's a great thing. My only thing is becoming the fact is, look, well, you know, what if we lose or what if we win? Is it? It helps us get to the playoffs. Right? It's a big win for us. It helps us get in the playoffs. But does it help us with the Big Ten championship? Maybe not, because yeah. we're not even in conference. Well, yeah, well, that's so. the thing, too, that is kind of interesting to think about um, is the fact that people are talking about the chances of Notre Dame becoming a part of the Big Ten eventually. So, That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, who knows? Maybe it won't even really be an issue later where it's a common thing that we have Notre Dame on the schedule because they're a part of the conference. Who knows? But, um, but yeah, definitely strengthens the schedule. Unfortunate that we lost Arkansas, um, but I think it's better that we have Notre Dame. I mean, even though everybody can say that they like um, would have liked playing an SEC team, um, uh, and I would have liked it as well. So Drew asked if it was a possibility that maybe Michigan tries to sign another deal with an SEC team eventually. I think so, especially from the standpoint that it looks like strength of schedule is becoming a bigger deal. Yep. Um, there's a chance that we may just have one easy game. I mean, like we said, for instance, this year, it looks like we might have three relatively, quote-unquote, easy games at the beginning of the season. Uh, maybe it will change to us only having one, and then we go into non-conference Notre Dame, non-conference SEC school or something, and then right into Big Ten play or something like that. So. Yep. Um, it's possible that we get an SEC team. I would enjoy that. Um, but then again, you would look at then as well, if we have Notre Dame as a non-conference uh, game, we have three of them a year right now. So if you put Notre Dame in and then you put an SEC team in, 
Then you have the one easy team. Right. Then you have a difficult Notre Dame game and a difficult SEC game, and then you go into Big Ten play. Great for strength of schedule. Not great if you're having a year where you really need to have your team, like like this last year yeah. for Michigan, where you need the team to grow and gel a little bit and then get into a hot streak, which, like we said, happened this year. So, Yeah, and obviously the playoff thing is more relevant now. It's going to be here, so and strength of schedule seems to matter. And, I, and I'm glad it does because I've always thought strength of schedule is a big thing in Michigan – yeah, it's tough because they got to win. They got to beat those, you know, state, and they got to beat Ohio uh, and the rest of them. So in order to get in, because my problem has always been is another team leapfrogging yeah. us. And obviously, you can see that with this whole. It seems like every year we've had it two years, and we've had controversy with this playoff, um, and who gets in the top four. Because of the very fact is what? One, did you play in a championship, which already knocked out TCU, and I thought TCU should have been in there. And then two, the very fact is, you know, who did you play throughout the year? And not only that, <laughs> did you win those games, and then did you win it, and how did you win it? Yeah. <laughs> so yep. there's a lot of these factors that they're all mulling over, and that's why I'm always going, man, get Notre Dame in here. we got to beat them. That way there's no doubt in these uh, the board of directors for playoffs that say, well, heck, Michigan's got to be in there. There's no doubt about it, and no team can leapfrog them because of strength of schedule. So Yeah, well, and that's the thing, too, is where a lot of these schedules were made ahead of time and everything. I mean, you'll see yeah. it. I mean, this isn't happening until 2018, and here we are uh, – kind of getting on the brink of the 2016 season. So I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of these strength of schedule moves being made for like yep. 2020 and further and everything like that. So keep your eyes open for that. Mm -hmm. But keeping on the subject of Notre Dame, uh, our final question on Facebook uh, coming from Michael Kowalski, do you think Michigan beats Notre Dame to open the season 2018 on the road? And will Michigan become number one after doing that? Oh boy! Yeah, that's we talked uh, about this earlier. Talking about early prediction. This is this is <laughs> we're going two years out. Way early prediction. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, totally legitimate question. Um, with the way things are going, with having Coach Harbaugh and everything, I definitely think that there's a good chance uh, Notre Dame is always going to be good and, and going to be a relative competitor. Um, but I have a feeling, just the way that, that things have started, I think. Jim Harbaugh is going to have the team at a high level all the time, so I think there'll be a good chance of winning that. The tougher question, I think, is the idea of will Michigan become number one after beating them? You're going by, what, the past couple of years with Notre Dame. They've been in, what, in the top ten team? Yeah, they, they were in the national championship game yeah. not, um, several years ago. Now. Yeah, and actually really, really good team last year, so... Um, that would be, depend on that. I mean, if you're not a high-ranked team, then you're, you know, I don't, is it possible? Of course, but that depends on how, where we're ranked. And then it, it's like saying Ohio State, which, what, they're ranked around seven or eight, beats Oklahoma, is ranked third, would Ohio State jump up to number one? Yeah, that's, that's they, actually, I was Actually, 
in a way, they might, they might not, because of the very fact is uh, Oklahoma's still at three, yeah. according to the polls right now. So here's we, <laughs> yeah, here's the thing that I will go back to that I heard a lot this year because you guys remember that Ohio it was ranked number one for a very long time. Yeah, I think the answer to that question would be no. If Michigan beat Notre Dame, and, I, I, I agree. And, I unless Notre Dame was the number one team, because the thing that so many people are high on is the idea that until the reigning championship team loses, yep. they should be ranked number one. Yeah, Kales, you've been high on that, and you said yeah. that team should be number one coming in regardless. Yeah, well, if that, they lost all their players, they're still number one. Yeah, I think yeah. I think on the yeah. first week, that's that's the case. Like them coming yep. into the new season, they're still number one. But after even after that first game, like that was the thing that I took issue with with Ohio. State. I feel this way that it would be any team if they are showing signs that they are just not good. Why should they stay at number one, even if they're winning? If they're showing like Ohio. Had those games where they looked bad, bad. and oh, they yeah. had teams like yep. right on their heels that they were trying to win these games for. So unless Notre Dame is the number one team, yeah, I don't think Michigan will become number one unless it's a crazy situation where let's say let's just throw out random numbers. Let's say Michigan is like seven, Notre Dame is four, and then the number one team, whoever it is, in week one winds up losing. losing right. Yep. Yes, then then Michigan could, but I really think that people are too concerned about the number one team staying the number two, one team until they lose. So yeah, that, too many too many variables got to happen in order for that to happen. Do I can it happen? Of course, but I don't, I just don't see that happening. With Michigan would either what have to be coming in at three or one, one to three in that top range, and then Notre Dame would have to be what top five, yeah, and then win, and then we can bump up to be number one so to answer your question i don't i don't believe that would happen there's too many things that got to come together all the plans have to align (laughs) for it to happen and i don't see it happening yeah and and with what i've said just finishing off my thoughts with it's just like i don't mind when the team might be ranked lower than they should be because it gives them some now if it's like they're ranked barely in the top 25 when they should probably be a top 10 team that'd be an argument but it's just kind of like if they have something to work for that's not always a bad thing in my book yeah and kind of going back to what we talked in other podcasts is i don't i'm i don't think i've ever wanted michigan number one i mean to me, I always feel like it's a tough place to be. I mean, obviously, Bama can do it, and a few in Ohio State, but I always like kind of being a little bit under on that. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I don't. I don't mind it when it's like really, really deserved. Yeah. I mean, back when Michigan was, you know, we had the national championship and things like that, and we were ranked number one, and we were playing Ohio State and things like. That. Yeah, when we yeah. were high and we were playing well continually on a continuous basis, that's one thing. But now with it being a speculation of how good we are, yeah, it's just like keep your feelings reserved. So Yeah, you got two years to figure out what Notre Dame is going to be great or not. I mean, they could have a down year that year with team recruiting. It's always changing and different, and you lose players. New coaches. Coaching New coaches, change, yeah. yeah. I mean, he can move on and say, hey, I want to go to the NFL. Even... Brian Kelly is a great coach. He could even say, hey, I've got an SEC team that came up. I've got you know, another one of these uh, story history program in college football is coming up. You know, he can move on. You never know. It's yeah. just, you know, yeah. so we'll see. We will see. I've yeah. got one question. I just got added. 
Oh, really? Ready? Uh, yeah, let's... It's by uh, Albert McKinney. He said, how is the rest of the 2000 class that arrived late adjusting and liking Ann Arbor? The... The 2016 class that's coming in. Rashawn oh, Carey. the people that just came in. Um, mm -hmm. A little bit of that, you can get uh, feedback from... Uh, we've heard some stuff from Rashawn, which actually, if you saw or heard, we were hoping and anticipating that he would be on here. Things are kind of in a bit of a limbo stage for us because uh, we're getting close to the football season, but then that also means high school football. Yep. Uh, we were looking at doing interviews, but we're anticipating that that season may have come and passed because kids, uh, the recruits are getting ready for their senior year of football. And uh, we talked about Rashawn about getting on today, but then just, you know, it can be a busy time for everybody. And uh, it didn't work out for him to get on. But he's had some good interaction with them. We've heard good things from him. Um, and we've heard some direct things from recruits as well. Yeah. I mean, Rashawn couldn't make it. Sorry about that. I know I put it on Facebook uh, that he would be here, but he had something come up. So we missed him. Um, obviously, he has some of the best insight on recruiting and what they're what's happening with the parents and the family and the, the players um from what i'm hearing is like caleb said we had quite a few uh, we had some great interviews lined up uh coming up that we were really excited about and some things just happened you know they got a couple of them have competitions um that are happening this weekend so we couldn't make it and I, i'm guessing the closer to that we are to the season uh, it's going to be a struggle to get them to, you know, take time off to interview with us. And, you know, and we got obligations. We got things we have to do, too. And we got families. Yeah. So we can't interview them. So it's, you know, we'll see. We're going to try our hardest to get them on there. And, and um, But as far as what I'm hearing and our interviews and talking to these guys um, just off the air and things like that is they're doing great. They're loving the college life. And I tell you what. I don't think anybody from the 2016 class is going to know what going to U of M's like until the game day. Yeah. We're well, talking about 105 fans, or more than that, yeah, over screaming and yelling, yeah. and they haven't even remotely know what that's like yet. So uh, adjusting, do they like Ann Arbor? Of course. Are they adjusting? Well, they will, but wait. <laughs> Yeah, well, I even remember that there was, a, I think it was Rashawn that got the information from uh, Rashawn Gary when he came. Yeah. And just the differences, because uh, he's getting in there and the other new two, 2016 guys that weren't able, or that didn't enroll early. Mm. Uh, he he talked about the noticeable difference between uh, practices, lifting, warm-ups, and getting ready and everything. And there's definitely the difference, but I mean... It's it's to be expected. So so far uh, so good uh, from the information that we have. So yeah, and I'm guessing the very fact is like you said, that's the key. Is if you enroll early, you're going to get more reps. You're going to get more um, playing time. We've had a lot of players come in early because of that fact. They knew it. Um, was it Cream Walker? Is one of them? Did he? I think he did. But then you had other ones that didn't. So, um, but they'll get their time. Um, it depends on the talent, uh, but uh, yeah, they're adjusting well. Uh, anytime you arrive early, you're just going to get more rep time, and you're going to be more comfortable. And then if you arrive late, you're not, and that's just the way it is. But um, I assure you that Jim Harbaugh is going to get them ready and ready to go. But appreciate the question, Albert. It's a great one. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for getting that.
So yeah, uh, another episode where we're kind of uh, cramming a lot into a short period amount of time, um, trying to keep it here hooked around an hour. Uh, we thank everybody for their questions and interaction and everything. That Facebook mm-hmm. group is already proving to be a great asset because we all, all those questions. And just a little bit of an FYI, I know we're here taking questions and uh, answering them and doing our recording here on Sunday, so episode probably out on Tuesday. Uh, we normally do our recording on Monday nights. Um, this just worked out because we're in the we're together here in the same location we got together. But um, if you're going to be looking for questions to ask us in the future, we'll be most likely recording on Monday nights as an FYI. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of great fan interaction. So we thank you for that. Uh, we want to mention a little bit of something that we're going to discuss next time. I mean, feel free to send us any and all questions um, since we're actually having this influx of questions and I mean, you you saw that. I mean, we barely talked about anything outside of the questions except for uh, Kylie's video. And here we are; we're pushing an hour. So, yeah. uh, depending on how much those questions increase, we may have to uh, start selecting questions. Maybe not all the questions get on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are uh, under uh, time constraint. Because, I mean, if we could record all day, every day, we would and get to everybody's questions. But just as an FYI, moving forward, we might not be able to get everybody's question on here. But please continue to send those to us. Um, you can email us. Contact us at bluebrotherssportscast.com. That's our website, bluebrotherssportscast.com. Uh, you'll find the new episodes there. You'll find uh, different pictures. Uh, share uh, fan uh, photos. I know that we're getting a lot on the Facebook group. I don't know if we'll be able to transition mm-hmm. all of them to our uh, mm-hmm. website, but we'll see what we can do with that. And then also, you can call our voicemail, like we had the one from Jew today, which was great. We appreciate that. You can call the number, which is 551 258 3276. That is 551 Blue Bro. And, of course, you can always connect with us on Twitter at Blue Bros underscore and then our names, Caleb and or Craig. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for the, the, you know, if you're searching on Facebook for the group, it's the Blue Network Everything Michigan Football. So if you go to Facebook, do a search on there, you'll be able to find us. It's uh, you know, obviously navy and um, a blue color logo, and you'll be able to find us and join it. And yeah, be and- happy to have you. Yeah, and it's, it is a closed group, so we'll yep. say that you send a request. I mean, like we mentioned yep. kind of at the beginning, you'll be able to get in with all that. So um, great stuff. I uh, can't thank you guys enough for your participation and everything. We will leave you off with this. Hopefully you stuck around for the whole thing because we uh, do want to mention this. Something to kind of think about. We want fan feedback on what your thoughts are on the media and their interpretation of Jim Harbaugh and the expectations they have for him and just what how the media is handling Jim Harbaugh. Right now, not a lot is going on. I mean, it's been after the satellite camps now, but it's been, what, a year and a half of Jim Harbaugh. Give us your thoughts. Do you think things are being handled fairly? Do you think things are out of control? Do you like the tension? Do you not like the tension? Whatever your thoughts are, we have a couple things that uh, we find interesting. Um and some things that we might touch on and just talk about what uh, you think people are talking about. And actually something for you to listen to if you want to do a little bit of homework. Um, uh, Something new that has just come up the other day about what some people are saying about Jim Harbaugh. Um, The Audible podcast, 
which I know can be found on SoundCloud and some other places, but it's with Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel. I believe they're both senior writers uh, in the uh, sports world. But if you look at their episode that was on July 7th, um, they do a little bit. They do talk a little bit about some of the expectations for Jim Harbaugh and Michigan football. Yeah. Uh, right from about seven minutes to twelve minutes in their episode. That episode, uh, check it out. Any other thing that's been going on recently, um, we'll bring it up. We'll talk about it. We'll probably tweet about it. Get some conversations going, and that is what we'll be talking about next week. Yeah, I mean, you can talk about you know where where do you see Jim Harbaugh in the next <clears throat> what, two to three to. Four, four to five years. I mean, is he with us? Um, what do you expect what he would do with his career? You know, there's a lot of things out there that people have different opinions on, even Michigan opinions on. It'd be good to hear what everybody has to say. So, I mean, is he like a one and done? We don't know. That's another question you want to bring up. Like, does he win a national championship and then take off? You never know. So yeah. those are all things people can bring up. I'm just throwing a couple out there, but... We'd like to hear what you have to say. That'd be great. Yep, that will be our main topic for yep. next week. Um, so uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we always appreciate it. Uh, another great episode here with the Blue Brothers. And uh, as always, we hope you have a great rest of the week, or, well, great week as we're mm-hmm. actually starting off here. And uh, we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.